Sometimes I just come up here and go with the Holy Spirit, and I was going to say some other things, but what pops into the inspiration, I think, of the Holy Spirit are these words, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, whoever does not believe will be condemned. You know, St. Paul probably, in his conversion, you know, didn't want to believe in this Jesus guy, but then probably thought, hmm, I might want to look, take a closer look. There's something Brother Mark and I have talked about often called Pascal's Wager. And if you haven't heard this, it's quite fascinating in the most simplest of terms. Basically, you are wagering your eternal fate, your entire eternal destiny, you are wagering on whether or not you believe in Jesus or not. So that's called Pascal's Wager. He was the guy who came up with this. So basically, you're wagering everything on whether or not you believe in Jesus. Now, if you believe Jesus exists and you are right, you have everything to gain and nothing to lose if you're wrong because you're no different than if you didn't believe. So in other words, if you believe in Jesus and you are right and Jesus really exists, you have everything to gain. And if you are wrong, you have nothing to lose. But if you believe Jesus does not exist and you are right, you've got nothing to gain. But if you're wrong, you've got everything everything to lose. So if you were to present that to a betting man, choice A or choice B, there's not a betting man in this world that wouldn't take the first one. Because you got basically everything to gain and nothing to lose. And in the other one, you got nothing to gain and everything to lose. Why would you go with the second one? And that's what I think St. Paul in some of our ways has done. He's basically saying, I'm going to wager my future, my existence, my being on this Jesus. In this passage, we have probably the most famous conversion story in history. And no, it's not Father Don Calloway, as you've heard me say before. This is the most famous conversion story in history. And we've said before that many have said we would not have a church today without St. Paul. St. Paul is, for me, one of my absolute favorites and inspirations because despite all his faults, despite his mistakes, despite his big mouth, God used him for one reason. He had zeal. God can take you, even if you aren't the most holiest person, even if you aren't the most, you haven't found yet the way to live the most virtuous life, if you've got zeal, God can say, you know what? I can use that zeal, even though you're using it in the wrong direction. And Paul was completely in the wrong direction. I can use that zeal for me. But you gotta have zeal. That's why the scriptures teach us, don't be lukewarm. That's the worst. I don't care. I don't give a crud. Jesus says, I will spew the lukewarm from my mouth. I'd rather you hot or cold zeal, have passion for what is happening in our faith and what we are given. 
You know, of the 27 books of the New Testament, 14 of them, over half, are attributed to St. Paul. And, you know, this story really here is, I learned in seminary, it's not just really a sudden conversion. We call it a conversion, but it's really a sudden surrender. Because I can convert and then still want to do it my way. Paul surrendered, which is one step beyond conversion. Many of us convert. I reverted. Brother Alex, today's his birthday. He reverted. But now the question is, do we surrender? God chose Paul, and I said before, and I, I think myself in, in terms of heading in the wrong direction because of zeal, you could have everything else wrong, but God can work with that. But if you just have that zeal, you know, it was funny because Paul intended to enter Damascus with this fury, sword drawn, I'm going to slay the Christians. Instead, he was led by the hand, blind and helpless. Surrender. Only till we come to our misery do we recognize our need for God's mercy. Absolute, utter misery. You know, when um, I just got back from EWTN, and uh, praise be to God that I had a chance to go down. I did a retreat for the sisters down at EWTN, and I just got back late last night. And um, there is a story I'd like to share because it was absolutely incredible. Um, there was a young lady there, 26 years old, that um, had my book, what I had written about suicide, and she asked if she could speak with me after the last event of the evening when we did our Eucharistic Holy Hour and procession, so it was like 8 o'clock at night. And we ended up sitting down and talking for hours, and as she unfolded her story, it was identical, identical to mine, losing her grandma. Her father found her grandma. She had taken her life with a handgun. It dis dis disrupted everything in their known existence. After the suicide, they never talked about it. And I asked permission from her if I could share the story. And she said yes, because what happened was incredible. She laid out that everything that she had went through, and I, I was just dumbfounded listening to her story, because again, it was, it was exactly the same story I went through. And there were things in there that also tied to our beloved Mark Massery, who, member of our Marian family here that we lost last year, to, took his life. And his family has also allowed me to bring him up and keep his memory alive. And we think about him all the time. And so anyway, right on the way to that retreat, the night before I had met Mark's mom, Natalie, and Mark's mom, Natalie, was mentioning that it would be nice if um, I told her I, would, I wanted to call Mark's sister, Marissa. And so I had dinner with Natalie and asked how things were going, and it's just still hard. So I told Natalie I would like to call Marissa, her daughter, who was Mark Massery's sister, and to be able to... Um, see if we could, there's anything we could do to help and, and the struggles that we had gone through and not to lose our faith and, and all this. And so I'm sitting there now in 
EWTN last night with this girl, and she's telling me the story, and I said the parallels were amazing. Anyway, halfway through it, I said, you know, I'm sorry, I, I didn't catch your name. And she said, my name is Marissa, which was the same as brother, uh, Mark Massery's sister, Marissa, same age, going through the same thing as this loss of the suicide. And then she said, you know, who told me to try to come talk to you? She's with me here on this retreat is my mother, Natalie. The same name as Mark Massery's mom. What are the odds of a Natalie and a Natalie and a Marissa and a Marissa and the exact same struggles that we've all shared as families, my family, her family, both Natalie's, both Marissa's. And we were there talking about our faith. We were there talking about the, the gift God gives us in our faith and how difficult it is sometimes that we don't need just a conversion sometimes because we were all cradle Catholics. We need a reversion. Today we celebrate the conversion of St. Paul. And like Brother Alex, how many times have we cradle Catholics gone through tragedies and needed a reversion? Let us be like St. Paul and say in the midst of this, I'm wagering on Jesus Christ. I'm wagering on him. I'm wagering that he hasn't abandoned us even though it seems like it. Sometimes we don't surrender because we just can't come to those terms. Well, look at Ananias. Ananias wasn't wanting to surrender. He's like, I've heard about this Paul guy. He's horrible. He persecutes Christian. He's a forgotten hero of the church, this Ananias. If it be true that the church owes Paul's conversion to the prayer of Stephen, because remember he had Stephen stoned, right? The first martyr. And a lot of people say Paul's conversion came from the prayers of St. Stephen. Well, if that's true, it's also true that the church owes Paul's conversion to the mercy of Ananias. This is very important. Ananias was an ordinary man. He was not a prophet or an apostle. Yet God used him. He used him as an ordinary man, and he uses us in the same way. Because he had zeal. And man, is it hard to have zeal in the midst of tragedies. In the midst of suffering, the midst of a loss of a suicide. But let us not become lukewarm even in the times of those dire circumstances. Yeah, God used him just because he was an ordinary man, and he can use us in the same way. God needs nothing, but he chooses the ordinary man. God knew what he could do with Paul because Paul believed. And then Paul did the Pascal wager and says, I'm going to align with Jesus Christ. Let us do the same. This is very powerful. Basically, in three days, St. Paul suffered blindness, helplessness. What was Paul doing? He was surrendering to himself. He was dying to himself. It was only after three days of dying that he would have a resurrection like Jesus. 
And so the book that we wrote on suicide has that theme that even though we experienced dying, we have hope in the resurrection. We have hope. All of Christianity can be summarized in what Jesus said to St. Paul. Go into the city and you will be told what to do. Up to this moment, Paul had done whatever he wanted. What his will dictated him to do, not God's will. But from this time forward, he would be told what to do. So the Christian is the one who stops doing what he wants and does what Christ wants. As I always say, the two commandments, love God and love your neighbor, can be summarized into one. Do the will of God. God picks St. Paul, and he can pick us too. And sometimes he asks us to carry his cross. To die with him so that we can be resurrected with him. And sometimes our dying includes loss of a loved one. When Jesus said, why do you persecute me? He's identifying himself with the church. Saul basically was confused when Jesus appeared. He thought he was working for God. He thought he was serving God. This is why we must pray for people who hate us and hate the church, but think they're doing good. I think maybe like the terrorists. But the point is this. God in his infinite mercy never promised that this would be an easy life. In fact, he promised the opposite, that we would be persecuted, that we would suffer, and that we would share the cross with him. To be my disciple, you must deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. Now, if the story ended there, why would anybody be Christian? If the story ended there, there would be nothing to gain. But the story doesn't end there. And that's what I told Marissa. Marissa, if the story ended with the death of your loved one and there was nothing after it, despair would be the only sensible, logical result. But the story doesn't end there. We have hope in the resurrection. Christ promised us the cross. Do you think he's not going to promise us the glory of the resurrection? Christ promised that we would suffer with him. Don't you not think he will think or promise us the glory in being with him for eternal life? And we have that glory and hope, not just for ourselves, but for our loved ones. That was the message that this retreat at EWTN spoke to my heart. And as I'm sitting there talking with a girl named Marissa, and she was talking about her mom named Natalie, I couldn't help but thinking of Mark Massery's sister Marissa and her mom, Natalie, and how we have all walked this walk that St. Paul was now beginning to walk, the Valley of Tears. But don't despair. It doesn't end there. It just begins. After that, comes the glory and the hope of life eternal. As Pascal said, if you believe in Jesus, you got everything to gain if you are right. 
and nothing to lose if you're wrong. And likewise, if you don't believe in Jesus, you got nothing to gain if you're right and everything to gain if you're wrong. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.